I'm Kendra Scurfield, and this is For the Love of Winter, a weekly podcast brought to you by Banff Sunshine Village that explores our cultural love affair with winter sports, the Canadian Rockies, and the people who are changed and forever shaped by their love of getting outside and enjoying Canada's season, winter. I'm Kendra Scurfield, and I am your host for the love of winter, the flow podcast, if you will. Who am I? I'm the director of brand and communications at Banff Sunshine Village, a job I absolutely love. I also grew up on the slopes of sunshine. I spent my early childhood in Banff, following my dad to work, hanging out in tiny tiger land, learning to ski on the then rope toe outside of the day lodge, in a pink snowsuit and teeny tiny toddler skis with oversized pink mitts, I would hold on for dear life to that rope toe as it tried to carry me 50 feet up the hill, sliding backwards, hoping I wouldn't knock off the kids behind me. As a tiny tiger, I have so many fond memories of going through the trees of roller coaster and skiing with groups and falling in love with just the thrill of sliding on snow. Back then, I didn't use any poles. I didn't get to ski with poles until I was six. And I can't say I was particularly excited to use them when I actually got them. I remember skiing with my first set of poles and learning to pole plant down strawberry face, jumping with each turn, push, push, push. I remember my first day in the Sunshine Ski Club, now the Sunshine Speedsters. I showed up nervous but excited to meet the other kids. There were three other five-year-olds in my group, and the whole program was more about making friends than it was learning to be a ski racer. We spent a lot of time on Wawa, skiing through the trees, finding old jump lines around the T-bar. A year later, my cousin joined the program, and her and I turned it into our weekly social session. On Wawa, we used to either try and convince the lift operator to give us a slingshot. We know we would ask them to hold the T-bar back as far as you could and let it go, hoping that we'd get some air time. On the days that we didn't get the slingshots, we would look for giant snowballs on the track and try to catch little babies. The snowballs were our babies, and we had to make it all the way up the T-bar with them. There were days, of course, that we didn't necessarily want to ski with the group. So we would purposely fall off the T-bar so we could go get lost on the mountain together and find a place to have chicken fingers and french fries for lunch and, of course, the necessary hot chocolate. It was a lot of fun as a kid growing up on the slopes. Back then, I had my favorite runs, as I do now. They have changed, if you were wondering. As a kid, I was obsessed with Star Trek off Wawa. Favorite run by far. Today, my favorite run is definitely the shoulder. The shoulder is a run that connects Upper Mountain, Lookout to Goat's Eye, and takes you kind of around the edge or shoulder of Lookout Mountain. To get there, you'll take either Angel Express or Teepee Town or Teepee Town Up. You'll enjoy a nice, usually groomed black run for the first bit. Then you get into the Star Trek, Mogul Fields, Rocky Traverse. It's like a bit of a video game getting in there and 
It can often scare a lot of people off. But once you make it around the shoulder, you are bombarded with the most incredible view of the mountain. Rocky faces for as far as you can see. Look to your left and you'll see Wawa. You'll see the ridge. You'll see the chair. You'll see, you'll see skiers and snowboarders making their way down. To your right, you'll see the big, giant, inviting bowl of delirium dive. Up top, you'll see the monster in the rocks, Fred, as I like to call him. And his favorite snack is peanut butter and jam sandwiches. But more on that later. Look forward, you see inviting powder fields and trees and the walkout of delirium meadows and the walkout of delirium meadows. When I get to the shoulder, no matter how many times I've skied it, no, many how, no matter how many times I've ridden down the slope, I always take a breath and thank, thank the heavens for being exactly where I am in that moment. I typically snap a photo or two because to me, every time I'm there, it is the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. As I make my way down, I typically hug the right side, hoping for some extra untouched powder shots. And I'll cruise through the trees at the end, find a little jump before cruising into the flats of Delirium Meadows. I'll unstrap, stare back at the mountain, and again shake my head at disbelief. I've seen a lot of the world, and there is no place that even compares, in my humble opinion, of that rocky shoulder face. It is my favorite view of the mountain. And it is my favorite feeling to be there. Whether it's a quiet day or a busy day, when I'm on the shoulder, I feel like I'm a world away from the everyday. There's no noise except for the yahoos and the woos of other skiers and snowboarders. It's absolute heaven. Definitely the closest to heaven that I will ever know. At Sunshine, we often say it's our mountain paradise or island in the sky. Because of the gondola that takes you up there, Our leasehold really looks like the Alaska Panhandle. If you start at the parking lot, you drive in on the Sunshine Access Road and you arrive. You arrive to a parking lot. There is no skiing out of our base area. Instead, you park and load our eight-passenger gondola, which takes you up to the base of our mountain. The gondola is 4.5 kilometers in length from the base to the top and takes you from a base elevation of 5,500 feet to 7,200 feet. So quick, let's just do the math there. The gondola up is 4.5 kilometers. The gondola down is 4.5 kilometers. Total gondola loop is nine kilometers. One rope. It's pretty crazy. Now that gondola has two turns in it. The first, the obvious one, curve station. The second, goat's eye. And as you make your way up, You watch as you go from a true alpine experience. You're in the trees to this. You go from a true alpine experience. You're in the trees to an above alpine experience where the mountain just opens up. There's mountain faces that are naked except for the snow on them. Long, dreamy pieces to ski down. Our cut runs do exist on Wawa and Goat's Eye, Wolverine, Jackrabbit. But most of our terrain is that above Alpine, and it's pretty magical. We're located high on the Continental Divide, so we're actually the split point or the boundary between Alberta and British Columbia. In one day, as a skier or snowboarder at Sunshine, you can ride two provinces. Back as an 18-year-old, I thought it would be really cool if we opened up a bar on the Continental Divide that could either have 
the legal drinking age of 18 and a half or could be 18 on one side, 19 on one side. Obviously, I was a teenager, did not think about the logistical nightmare of that, but it was just a novel fun thought that I once am embarrassed to admit that I actually thought of. And that's the magic of sunshine, is it is this world away. It's our take on a resort, a Canadian resort. There's no beach, but there are powder fields after powder fields of perfect, pristine winter snow. The sun shines brightly with rays of, with beautiful, (coughs) the sun shines fiercely with beautiful sparks of rays as she lights up the sky. The blue reflects magically off the mountain and the snow sparkles and shimmer like raw diamond. It is, it is absolute paradise when you have a day like that on the slopes. Now my love of winter, I can't pinpoint it to any particular day. I'll ask guests throughout the season what they love about winter, if they can remember when they fell in love with it. For me, it's a tough question to answer because I don't think I can even try to put my finger on when I fell in love with winter. I just know that I've always loved it. I've loved getting bundled up in warm clothes that I can hardly move in. I've loved putting on my pink snowsuits throughout the years. I've hated some of the toques. I especially hated one that had three points that my mom tried to get me to wear. It was awful. Although I guess it's in style now, but still, I would not wear it. I loved the goggles. I loved the little nose protector I had on my goggles. I loved the excuse I had for always having messy hair. Who needs to brush your hair when you can say you had helmet hair? You don't have that luxury in the summer. Crazy hair is just crazy hair. I love that I didn't get sunburnt, that I didn't have allergies, that I didn't get rashes from the grass, that I could fall in the snow without getting dirty. I could jump off things and laugh. I could make snow angels. I loved it all. And I love skiing with cool instructors that would show me around or coaches that would find new jumps. I'm lucky that I got to grow up in the slopes. I'm lucky that I got to grow up in the Canadian Rockies. On the flip side, I can remember a particular moment that I realized I did not care for summer. I was six, staying over at a friend's house in Bride Creek. We were outside playing, trying to catch various grasshoppers or something. My eyes were watering. I had a horrible sunburn on my shoulder. I was itchy. I couldn't stop sneezing. I was too hot. I was sweaty. I just wanted to be cold, and all I could dream about was getting into a tub of ice-cold water, jumping into a glacier-fed lake, or putting on my snowsuit and heading outside to play. Growing up in Banff, every day was a day to get outside, especially in the winter. It did mean you had to wear your snow boots to school, which I was never a fan of, but you got to wear your ski jacket. And I absolutely loved wearing my ski jacket with my pass, with my pass fastened to it. Oh, it was fun sliding down the big snow hills you would make. Or on special occasions, my parents would take us up to the mountain to stay. As a real little kid, I would follow my dad to work and I watched his passion for this place this beautiful place that we were fortunate enough to build our life in. Growing up, it was always said that at Sunshine, our mission is to inspire everyone to fall in love with the beautiful place that is the Canadian Rockies and to turn them into raving fans. Our goal as a family is to build a resort 
that is worthy of its location is worthy of its location in Banff National Park, Canada's oldest national park. We see ourselves as stewards because we have this huge responsibility of sharing the environmental gains received from getting outside. To me, my love of snowboarding is what saves my mental health. The fact that I can have any day horrible, good, the best where I'm on cloud nine and I'm feeling pretty egotistical, or the worst where I feel like I'm an absolute failure. It's all put into perspective when I get outside and I just stand staring at the mountains. I can't help wonder about the people who came before me and what they thought when they first saw these mountains. If they questioned like I do, if they were even real. I mean, how could they be? They just pop out of nowhere. They surprise you. That drive from the Calgary airport to Banff is still one of my favorites. I love how the prairies give way to the rolling hills who gently transform into these rock faces until all of a sudden you're immersed and you don't know how you got there. That's Banff. That's the magic of Banff. Over the years, I've had the good fortune of riding with various people who have come to the resort, either for a short time or a long time, from Robin Williams to Lindsay Jacobellas. And my goal with them has always been to share my little slice of heaven, to inspire them, to give them something to rave and talk about when they go home. That's what I love. I'll ask guests if they remember their first memory on snow throughout the season. Some I'm sure will. Others, like myself, can't. I skied before I could walk. Knowing to ski is something that I've just always known how to do. I do remember my first time snowboarding. I was 10, and we went to Norway. I went with a group of kids that I was in the Banff Alpine Racers or the Quickie Programs with. We rented snowboards, and we got ourselves a lesson. And I was horrible. I think I barely made it down the bunny hill. I fell on my bum pretty much every other second. And I I absolutely loved it. I loved that I sucked. It did not come easy for me. And to be honest, I was embarrassed how it didn't come easy to me. But it made me want it that much more. I begged my mom for more snowboard lessons. I had to do this sport. I hated skiing, I realized. Well, that's not true. I just didn't love it as much. But I was utterly, irrevocably obsessed, infatuated with snowboarding. After all, it was cool. All the cool kids were snowboarding. It took me a while to get good at snowboarding. Took me quite a while. It was a struggle to uh, get off the chairlift with success. If anyone of a certain generation is listening, they can recall the terror of the old strawberry unload. We had this old triple chairlift and the unload was a double black diamond getting off. It was probably 60 degrees steep. I'm obviously exaggerating, but it was steep. And it was, ooh, I still get like, I still get the heightened anxiety as I think of just unloading the chairlift. I fell down that ramp a lot. Oh God, did I fall down that ramp a lot. But one day, one day I didn't. One day I actually made it all the way to the end. And I skated to the top of Dell Valley. I buckled in. And then, well, then I was faced with the challenge of getting down Dell Valley. For me, I learned toe turns. Second, heel turns first. Facing forward just made sense. Putting my back to the slope, well, that didn't make sense. And I fought it with every, every being in my body. Why am I doing this? Holy, 
oh my god, 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 oh my god. I still remember saying like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Please don't fall, please don't fall, please don't fall. <clears throat> and then one day it clicked. One day I managed to stay up and do that turn. One day I managed to link the toe turn to the heel turn. And I managed to do it again. The heel turn to the toe turn. It wasn't pretty. Oh God, it wasn't pretty. But I did it. And I felt so proud of myself for being able to do it. I love snowboarding because I had to work at it. One of my first jobs as a kid was actually in the Sunshine Rental Shop. My very first job was giving out boots. I called it Bootland and it stunk. The boots were heavy. I was 15 and I would help people get fitted for their boots. So often I would hear, they're uncomfortable. And I remember thinking, yeah, they're supposed to be uncomfortable. Have you ever skied before? But as a teenager, I forgot that just because I grew up on a slope doesn't mean that that's common or the norm. Very few people have the luxury of growing up on a slope. And I understand that. I would tell people, yeah, your toe's supposed to feel like at the front, like you should have room to wiggle, but you want them to be tight. You want to make sure that you can move, that you can flex them, that your heel's not lifting. Boot people always complained about boots. They still complain about boots. And my thought is, yeah, your ski boots should be uncomfortable. You want to be in them. I have ridiculously small feet, and in my dream world, I would wear a size of ski boot or snowboard boot too small for me so that it would stay tighter that much longer. I like a stiff boot. Then I moved up to being a rental shop tech. I would set people up with the skis. I would help them step in. And that's when I realized again that clicking into a ski doesn't doesn't come naturally for everyone. Not everyone knows that you're supposed to put your toe, click the heel down or, or when doing up a snowboard, get rid of all that snow and put your foot right at the back and tighten it up. In the rental shop, I was introduced to the fact that there's a lot of people that take to skiing and snowboarding later in life. And I have to compliment and applaud those that do because it's not easy learning something as an adult. In fact, it's pretty difficult to learn something as an adult. And it's a lot more scary when you don't heal or bounce the same way that you used to. When I was 22, I could switch straight line down Peace Noir with no fear of pancaking because if I did, I'd bounce up and I'd feel nothing. Now, if I were to see someone do that, I'd probably be sore for at least a week. That's the beauty of skiing and snowboarding is there is a risk to it. It pushes you out of your comfort, no matter what level you are. And it makes you face your fears and push yourself to new levels. There's this a strange feeling of accomplishment when you master something that you didn't think you could do, whether it is your first toe turn, your first green, blue, black run, your first 50-50 on a box, or your first 720 spin. Every level of the sport gives you something to excel. Every level of the sport gives you something to celebrate, to applaud, to feel like you did get better that day. On the mountain, all your goal, all on the mountain, all your goals are achievable. You just have to make them. When I was an, when I was in my early twenties, I was lost. I thought I wanted to be a professional snowboarder. That was all I wanted in my late teens, early twenties. But I was probably never good enough to actually do it, or I was afraid. I was tired of getting hurt, and. After a heart-to-heart conversation with my dad, it was decided I'd go back to school. 
I went down to Gonzaga to get my undergraduate in business, marketing focus. And while I didn't snowboard as much as I did there, I realized that when I did get up on the mountain, it meant that much more to me. And I probably was a better snowboarder then than I was when I was only focused on skiing and snowboarding. I was able to separate the sides of my my personality. I was able to perfect my jibs. I went in more contests and won more contests in that year than I did in my in my previous quest to be a professional snowboarder. And I realized that I didn't want to just do that. I wanted to inspire other people to fall in love with this incredible sport, to get them out of their comfort zones, to realize just how magical winter is. After university, I moved home and I remember one day I went to the Calgary Stampede at the BMO Center and they had a psychic exposition there or they had a psychic booth. And so with a bunch of friends, I said, why don't we do this? And we decided to get our palms read. I put my palms in front of the woman and she looked at me and she said, all I see on you is the mountains. The mountains are who you are. And I kind of laughed and I asked why. And she said, look how you put your hands down. Your fingers are up. Your palms don't touch the ground. Your knuckles are bent. You want to be in the mountains. My friends kind of laughed as she called me out so perfectly. And I do. I wouldn't change my life in the mountains for anything. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it hasn't been hard. I've certainly fallen and I've certainly failed. And it's been a challenge getting people to want to hear my ideas for change. Because I think we're all afraid of change. What I look forward to most about the future of skiing and snowboarding is I look forward to sharing it with people who don't grow up in a winter experience. I look forward to seeing the delight of the first snowfall in someone's eye, someone who's new to Canada. I look forward to seeing the sense of accomplishment an older skier has when they are able to link their turns for the first time. I can't wait for the day that my own son looks at me and says, Come on, mom, keep up, because it's only a matter of time before he's better than me. I don't know who I would be if I didn't have sunshine, if I didn't have the mountain to explore. It's a family up there, a family of like-minded people brought together by a shared passion. And over the course of the season, I will share the passion we all have for winter with you. We'll talk to Olympic athletes, to partners who've made a living in the ski industry, whether it's on a legislative side, an agency side, a partner side. We'll talk about the various ways you can get into skiing or snowboarding at any age and how you too can fall in love with the, and how you too can fall in love with winter. I'm excited to share For the Love of Winter with you. And I look forward to the conversations that will bring us closer together and hopefully spark you to get back out on your board and make some more stories. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I'm Kendra Scurfield, and this is For the Love of Winter.